1: Most Wanted Terrorist Caught Hiding Behind Coronavirus Mask. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. Yes, (laughs) the coronavirus mask has all kinds of uh, intriguing stories behind it, literally behind it in this one. Uh, Abdel Majid Abdel Barry, who we will subsequently call Abdel Barry from now on, um, he was Europe's most wanted ISIS terrorist, and he used a coronavirus mask, masks actually, to hide, and he was just captured in Spain. So um, he's a really interesting guy. Uh, he was born in Egypt. He came to the UK when he was six years old with his family. His father is a very renowned terrorist. I'll tell you a little bit about that. And um, he was a rapper before he became an ISIS terrorist. <laughs> so we'll get into his story. And you know, uh, it's there's a lot of irony here. Um, because, of course, when we were more concerned about terrorism than coronavirus, um, we're all familiar of course with the uh, terrorists and the clothes that they wear and notably the masks that they wear and the headgear and so on. And now um, it's so ironic for these terrorists to be hiding behind uh, masks that are used for coronavirus. So, um, Abdel Barry is 28 years old. He, um, has just been caught. As I said, uh, he was, um, when he was six years old and he came to the UK, his father was put in jail soon after for, uh, atrocities that he perpetrated as a terrorist. And, um, What happened was the Spanish anti-terror police raided a rental apartment in the south of Spain, and they arrested him and his two cohorts. Um, They took advantage of the coronavirus outbreak to sneak into Spain, and they wore surgical masks to disguise their appearance. Now, um, he has a whole history, which I'll tell you about. He spent uh, several years actually from 2013 (coughs) to 2015 um, as a fighter in ISIS. Uh, I mean, in the Middle East, um, in ISIS. (laughs) And um, he, he left the UK. Actually, he left the UK when his father um in 2012 his father was um extradited to the u.s and that is soon after that is when um abdul barry moved to the middle east to become an isis a member of isis and um and now his father is still in the u.s in jail and um he has now well so okay so he was in he was in uh, the middle east until 20 in, in isis in the middle east until 2015 and then he went to turkey um but I'll get to that he apparently is considered a he was known to have a very peculiar personality when he spent these years in the Syrian Iraqi conflict zone and he has he was very violent which is why he was one of the most wanted or the most wanted in Europe um, And, for example, he once posed with a severed head in Syria, and he promised death to all Westerners. So, um, he... Um he, as I said, left London in 2013, and then he left and he joined ISIS. He left the group in 2015 after a sustained coalition bombing. In other words, <laughs> after it was getting too uh, dangerous for him to keep being there because of coalition bombing, he left, and he's been on the run ever since. Now, his father, Adele Abdel. Barry Sr., uh, was actually, had close ties to Osama bin Laden, and um, he was jailed in the U.S., he was convicted, he was trans, um, uh, extradited in 2012 from the U.K. to the U.S., and then he went to, he, he was in jail, and he had a plea bargain, and, you know, a trial, and all of that, and he was convicted of um, a plot to blow up an embassy in Africa, the US embassy in Africa. And he was sentenced to 25 years for conspiring to kill Americans in this 1998 embassy embassy bombing. And that killed 224 people. Now, um, the authorities in Spain said that he and his companions used ironclad security measures to try to avoid being detected. So the police said after a complex investigation, it was possible to determine the circumstances of his arrival on the Almeria coast, the southern, uh, Spain coast, southern coast of Spain, as well as his subsequent movements, finally achieving his location and arrest. Um, Again, they had ironclad security measures, and both when they came from North Africa to Spain and in the movements that they made in Spain. Because once they were in Spain, they were able to act like everybody else who is put in lockdown. They, you know, they, you know they, the people around them didn't find it strange that they were spending most of their time in their rental apartment, um, and going out with masks. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, because of COVID-19, this was expected behavior. It didn't arouse any suspicion. And of course he kept wearing masks whenever he went out. now this investigation was helped uh the spanish police and the spanish counterterrorism uh, authorities were helped by international cooperation who was who had been you know trying to find him he was they were hunting him for years and they thought that he was probably going to return to europe um through spain and and probably wanted to go was was going to plan to go back to the uk after he um got to Europe through Spain or in some way. So now here's the interesting, well, it's all interesting, but one of the reasons or ways he was uh, discovered, even though he was wearing a mask, was that he was identified by his ears. (laughs) If you're going to wear a mask and you're a terrorist, find one with ears (laughs) that covers your ears. Um, He does have rather unique ears. They are kind of elf-like. They kind of stick out from the sides of his head, and they have rather unique, um, uh, you know, a unique shape as well. Uh, But, yes, they are are unique, and they first identified him, you know, seeing him walk around, they identified him, or they thought they had through his ears, and then when they arrested him, and took his fingerprints, that was the, uh, you you know, they knew for sure who he was. Um, Now, uh, he, let me see, oh, it was a little hard for them to to identify him, except for his ears, because um, he gained, he had gained more than 84 pounds since his days in Syria and um, and as I said he took advantage of the coronavirus lockdown to hide behind a face mask uh, on the rare occasions that he went out so they found him with two other men as I said and, and the shape of his ears wore, was the clue now um, He in 2014 in Syria, he showed uh, he put on social media pictures of himself holding a decapitated head. He was really a very violent guy. There's um, all kinds of other uh, reports about how violent he was. they thought he, they think um, that he reached Spain from Africa in a boat called a Patera, which is a word that they use to describe rickety wooden boats that sub-Saharan Africans used to reach Spain. Um, they're still, you know, this is still early in the investigation, and so they're still kind of figuring all these things out. Um, there are reports that he was going to perhaps return to um, the UK when the coronavirus lockdown was over. And um, so, so going to Spain was really his plan B, you know, to stay there um and oh and and really he was planning on going if he was going to go to spain he was going to go to barcelona uh because that is where there are a number of well-integrated muslims you know so he thought he could hide well there amongst them and that is the place as you may remember in 2018 that there was that horrendous terror attack now Another interesting thing about Abdel Barry was... um Well, first of all, I'm going to get into how how he made a name for himself as a rapper and some of his lyrics. I'll tell you about that. Um, But what is also interesting is that after he decided to leave ISIS, you know, he was only in ISIS for approximately two years. And he became disillusioned with ISIS and um, went to Turkey from Syria. And um, that was... That was around the same year that his father was you know, uh, convicted in the U.S. for this role in the embassy bombing. Now, interesting. Um, well, you know what? <laughs> I got so interested in this, I didn't realize that uh, I should probably end this segment this time. I'll leave you on this cliffhanger. There was another reason why uh, Abdel Barry chose spain in my opinion (laughs) as where he wanted to land you know obviously um because that was where he thought it would be easiest to not arouse suspicion especially with coronavirus and masks and so on but there's another intriguing aspect to spain so stay tuned and we'll be right back
0: You've been listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Stay tuned and she'll be right back with more analysis of this week's hottest topic in terror. Now, back to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll.
1: Welcome back to The Terrorist Therapist Show. Today, I'm talking about a man named Abdel Barry. He is Europe's most wanted ISIS terrorist, and he somewhat successfully used coronavirus masks and the whole lockdown because of coronavirus to hide in Spain until he was caught. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, I said that I would tell you another reason why I think that he landed in Spain first before perhaps going back to the UK. And of course, you know, um, international counter-terrorist organizations were try- trying to hunt him down and uh, trying to find him. And of course the main reason was because they suspected that he was going to go back to Europe and, you know, a, a country in Europe or the UK, Specifically, and um, to perpetrate a terrorist attack. So, uh, it wasn't like this was, you know, it wasn't like this was a total surprise that indeed he finally did come back. Now, Here's the, here's the extra reason why I think he went to Spain. In October 2015, he tried to have a Spanish woman flown to Turkey to join him as his bride. But Spanish authorities thwarted the plan. They somehow found out about the plan. Her name was, is Maria de Los Angeles Cala Marquez. And she was jailed for two years in June 2018. So she is presumably still in jail until June 2020, which may also be uh, not a coincidence, you know, may also be the reason why he came to Spain, not only came to Spain, but came to Spain at this time since her jail sentence would presumably be up very soon. So uh, she was jailed after she admitted trying to travel to Turkey to meet up with Abdel Bari to help him return to Europe and to become his bride, of course. She was a former hotel chambermaid and she was arrested when she tried to board a flight to Istanbul and travel to a secret location where he was on the run from uh, all the people who were trying to find him and um she admitted that she intended to travel to syria to marry abdel barry now it's funny to syria he was i guess they weren't quite sure where he was in in turkey or syria and she was going to find him and marry him um and she was. the plan was to go to Turkey first and then to Syria, of course. And then um, she had contacted several what they're calling intermediaries online to help provide her this safe path to him, to marry him. Um, But, (laughs) you know, it's not always safe to communicate all these details online. And indeed, her plot, their plot, was foiled by Spain's Guardia Civil Paramilitary Police. And they captured her at the Madrid airport in October of 2015. So that may well have been um a large part of the timing and the choice of landing where he landed um for Abdel barry now let me tell you this is (laughs) so cool um let me tell you a little bit about jihadi rap and how he was this rap star before he decided to leave and join isis um Jihadi rap existed before the conflict in Syria, but the more Westerners there were who went to the Middle East to join jihadist groups, the more um, prominent jihadi rap became and the more people it involved. And the reason why this came about was because of the idea of counterculture. So, because um, rap and hip hop are essentially musical forms of protest and rebellion. And these, are for tip- these typically uh, become the means of expression of people who are feeling marginalized in society. And um, jihadists, of course, are trying to find people who feel marginalized People who are feeling lost. Those are the people who are most vulnerable to being recruited by jihadists. And they feel like society doesn't accept them, so they want to rebel. And um, they have this, you know, rap and hip-hop, but in particular we're talking about jihadi rap. Um, that is where this kind of comes from at the grassroots level. Now, we're not talking about people like Jay-Z, not at that level, but um, it's jihadists, whether they're, you know, not necessarily having to be um, in the Middle East when they start jihadi rap, <laughs> because uh, certainly, Abdel Barry wasn't. He started becoming a jihadi rapist, <laughs> rapist? <laughs> Not rapist, <laughs> rapper, um, when he was in the UK. Now, the story, the way to understand psychologically, uh, Abdel Barry is, of course, through his father. He was a very angry young man because his family, when his father was um, you know, employed essentially by Osama bin Laden and he had an office in London, the father had an office in London where he was, it was like an office of communication um, from Osama bin Laden and Al Qaeda to the media. So there was a time or times when the father and the family were rather rich. Uh, But then when the father went to jail and was uh, stayed in jail, His family and the mother, it was only the mother left to try to earn money for the family, um, they became poor. And so, you know, it's a very common kind of story not just for jihadis, but that people uh, in the states, people all over who feel as though they're lost, feel angry about something that has happened to them, like that their father was put in jail. Um, of course, never mind that his father was this really uh, killed all these people. I mean, through not directly he didn't shoot them but he was involved in this plot he helped bring about a an attack that killed hundreds of people so um, the rap songs um, particularly expressed frustration over his father's prosecution and jail and uh, he had you know his lyrics were very rebellious as I will tell you he has in fact you can still find some of his uh music videos online and um and i will tell you some of the uh some of the lyrics um i was mentioning before about how he posted a a picture of himself on social media holding the severed head of a syrian soldier and he um called it Chilling with my other homie, or what's left of him Dun dun dun. <laughs> that kind of gives you uh, kind of gives you a little um, snapshot into how angry he was, uh, primarily about his father and uh, being caught and being jailed for all those years, and um, you know, and the, what happened to his family, and so on. Um, so let me read to you some of the lyrics there. Now, oh, when when his father was in jail, his mother used to, t- his, they had eight children. His father and mother had eight children and his mother would, would take the children to jail uh, where they would play with their imprisoned father. And she was uh, struggling to make ends meet. And his songs, his rap songs talked about the typical kinds of uh, topics like other than, well, I was gonna say other than terrorism. um, I mean, that's typical for jihadi um, rappers, but but you know, even all rappers talk about poverty and things they're angry about and, so, and feeling like an outsider and so on. And he rapped about his father's incarceration, his mother's struggle to provide for her family. Um, and there's a thought that maybe at one time, through the lyrics, there's a thought that maybe at one time he struggled with drug addiction. So one of his songs is called In the Beginning and in it he says I remember getting no nice gifts I rose from the rubble in the cold night shifts Um, in regard to his father's arrest he said give me that nine and I'll cock it for my partners give me the pride and I'll honor it like my father I swear the day they came and took my dad, I could have killed a couple too. And I wouldn't have looked back. Imagine back then I was only six. Just picture what I'll do now with a loaded stick. Then um, towards the end of the song, called In the Beginning, he said, shouts to my mother cause I seen her raising eight kids. You always knew what's best for me I hope I die before I see you rest in peace calm yeah I'm calm then another song uh, bar session it's called he raps about drug dealing I'm trying to get my mother in that bigger home Uh, He talks about being disillusioned, wondering how the character in the song, which may be him, has arrived at a life selling drugs and how empty it is. Soon I'll be leaving, give me something to believe in. So that seems to be um, when he was thinking about going to Syria and waging jihad. Another in another video music video he said and now they want to send my family back to Egypt already feeling seasick Gotta get that piece quick on top of that the pops is doing life without remand I gotta keep my calm can't write with that shit on It's hard to focus on the future with a damaged past and still I try to count my blessings and I thank Allah Uh, another song called dreamer he said i remember when i used to be young i had big dreams i wasn't just your usual thug a decade down the line still in the same position now only hope i have is music or drugs (laughs) the lyrics don't always rhyme (laughs) as you can tell but um i have found um some songs online and i must say i think he should have stayed being a rap artist instead of going to the middle east to syria to become a jihadist okay we're going to get more into um, some of his social media uh things that he posted online and social media that gives you more even more of a view inside his head
0: You've been listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Stay tuned and she'll be right back with more analysis of this week's hottest topic in terror. Now back to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol.
1: Welcome back to The Terrorist Therapist Show where we're talking today about the most wanted terrorist caught hiding behind coronavirus masks. Yes, indeed. Um, We're talking about the uh, Egyptian-born British uh, terrorist called Abdel Majid Abdel Barry, or for short, just Abdel Barry, um, who joined ISIS in 2013 and uh, left in 2015, and then just, just now, just, uh, just recently, um, made his way back to uh, Spain, or made his way back to, you know, <laughs> made his way to Spain, probably on the way back to the UK, and as I was mentioning before, I don't think it's a coincidence that this is when the woman he wanted to be his bride is due to come out of prison or jail. So now I'm going to tell you about some of his early social media activity uh, to give you more of a view into inside his head. He's a really interesting guy. Uh, His father was a very, uh, a very um, renowned terrorist. Um, He, he was, Put in custody in the United Kingdom from 1999, and then uh, he was uh, extradited, as I said. Oh well, during all this going back and forth, um, you know, and and during his father's, uh, you know, trying not to be extradited and so on and, and his appeals in the US as well. There were, he had lots of lawyers and um, they inc- the lawyer, his lawyers included medical reports as part of their trying to get him to not be extradited and so on. And so these medical reports included uh, talking about the father's serious depression and risk of suicide in prison now um you know that may just be lawyers trying to find a reason to either not extradite him or not have him have to spend a lot of time in prison and so on but um if it is true you know giving them the benefit of the doubt if it is true um then you know that would one has to wonder did um barry um uh, inherit genes for depression did he inherit genes for manic depression I mean he was this pretty well-known uh, rapper and you have to look for these things online you have to look for um, some music video of his rapping because you know <laughs> I mean I probably didn't do justice to his songs but um, he wasn't bad as a rapper he was a lot better than a rapper than he was as an Isis fighter it would seem to me or at least that was not hurting anybody as a rapper, okay. So anyhow, um, let's look at his early social media posts. Um, they are pretty interesting. Now, when he was in the UK, he and he was a rapper. He went under the names Ginny J I N N Y, and also Abu A K Forty Seven Al Britani. <laughs> You could get that one, um, and um, and um, as I said, his family was wealthy at times. You know, when they were receiving money from Osama bin Laden, his father went to jail. Well, I guess they didn't have any use for him anymore, and the money stopped coming. And his mother tried to work, but she obviously wasn't able to earn very much to support eight kids. In any case. Um, he in in march 2014 he posted on social media a photo of himself with his father with the caption miss my father the realist may allah free you and unite us in Jannah, which means heaven inshallah god willing inshallah god willing um then he in december he wrote tweeted Lately, I have been having enough, like enough, dreams of my father getting released here, inshallah. Um, then also in March, well, that no, that was December when I just uh, read you that he tweeted. Then in March, he tweeted uh, about his younger brother who was serving a life sentence. I mean, look at that. His father... Um, many years in in jail and prison now his brother serving a life sentence and we you know not sure how long um, he's gonna get uh, now that he's been captured in Spain so in March he tweeted um my little brother Ahmed got sentenced to life 26 years minimum love little bro see you in the afterlife inshallah Then, um, then in 2013, so he was already he had already joined ISIS, um, or well, he was already planning on joining ISIS uh, in September, and he wrote, do, he tweeted, "Don't believe the media and government when they tamper and scar the image of the of the mujahideen. It's all lies." These kuffs, you know, meaning kufar, disbelievers, are terrified of an Islamic state, a caliphate, being established because they won't be able to oppress Muslims anymore. These are, that was his quote. Um, At that time, so this is September 2013, he was still a fan of popular music, including Rihanna. Uh, he, He liked her song, he tweeted the lyrics to her song, Pour It Up. He tweeted all. These are her lyrics. All I see is signs. All I see is dollar signs. Money on my mind. Money, money on my mind. When I touch down, it's madness. Kind of an, kind of an ironic thing to be tweeting when uh, he's he's on his way to Syria. Um, I mean, perhaps you know, perhaps because of the situation that his family is in, he's. Um, He's thinking that he might, and because his father was sent to the US, extradited, you know, it's uh, the idea of going, actually going to Syria and becoming a member of ISIS was more appealing to him. Um, But he realized that, uh, you know, the um, Islam uh, and jihadi ideology conflicted with being a rapper. And so he decided, you know, he chose Jihad and he left the rap world and he deleted as many traces of his former self, as many um, uh, music videos and so on as he could. Then uh, he tweeted in October 2013, for everyone that still asks me about where my video has gone, like I said a while back, I quit music and I took the vids I can down. Then he tweeted... um, Imprisonment for me is a chance to be alone with my Lord to be killed as martyrdom and to be exiled from my land is a spiritual journey this is just as he was uh, on his way to join Isis then when he got to Syria on December in December 2014 he wrote um alhamdulillah alhamdulillah thank god for the blessing of uh islam and jihad Men think they're living in hell in the uk come out here and you'll appreciate what you got in night and day lol you know <laughs> um then he got angry at the various reports about him in the british tabloids and he uh it was especially angry at their descriptions of him as a terrorist and he you know, made fun of the errors that they made and so on. And then uh, in 2014, he uh, tweeted, uh, funny how the UK and US wanted so-called intervention in Syria before, yet anyone who goes there to fight is labeled a terrorist. Then he wrote um, that he and a fellow j- jihadist had been kidnapped and robbed by fighters from a rival rebel group talked about them uh, kidnapping him and torturing him and they stole our four AKs and a seven millimeter my vehicle and our phones and cash um, then he talks about a car bomb right outside his house this is you know while he's still in Syria in 2014 huge car bomb went off right outside my place today woke up to ceiling crashing in down crashing down lol lots of shihads martyrs Uh, all is blessed though thought it was a barrel bomb dropped at first from the impact then I second-guessed when I got outside must have been nearly two tons of TNT and then okay this is really good stuff then I know I'm going on a bit but this is really interesting I hope you find it that um he was he was complaining about people who weighed in on the conflict from the comfort and safety of the West. So in February 2014 he tweeted, If you ain't in Syria, you have no right to commentate about the actions and intentions of the Mujahideen. Hold your tongue, Mr. Mufti, Chillin' on your sofa, trying to convince yourself jihad ain't fard means obligatory right now to make yourself feel better about neglecting your duty is weak my brother then um then writing tweeting about the victories of isis in iraq um he posted a series of tweets mocking the west walking the west saying quote look how much trillion dollars you spent in iraq to try and prevent this and how many years wasted only to be disappointed we still coming strong how much wasted trying to train the Iraq army to combat terrorism and he has terrorism in single quotes and how much billion spent on weapons only to fail, only to fall into our hands now. Then um, the last tweet that I have is June 2014. Uh, he threatened the, what do you call the scummy pagans in the West. I swear to God, the days of Muslim silent oppression are over, the lions are coming for you, filthy cuffs, um, kufars, disbelievers, beheadings in your own backyard soon. The black flag of Tawhid, Islamic monotheism, will fly on top of Parliament and the White House. I swear to you, stay indoors and away the bombs, you scummy pagans. (laughs) Of course, then he, um, that was in 2014, and he then slipped soon after that. Uh, it got disillusioned with isis and um has been now trying to make his way home uh landing in spain uh hiding behind not only the masks but um The lockdown, you know, um, so that he wouldn't be, his behavior, his hiding behavior, wouldn't be seen as odd by anybody else there because everybody is essentially on lockdown. If it were not for his ears, he might still be free today and making his way to the UK to plan a terror attack and perhaps taking his bride with him. Well, thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or a teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorism 4 Kids. Kids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist.
0: Thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.